Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. to be with you. You're a rapper. <laughs> I am a rapper. Steve Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. We are broadcasting to you live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris, 2904 West Broadway in Missoula and Highway 83 in Sealy. And this July, right now, celebrating their 30th birthday. That's right, 30 years. Kurtz Polaris has been in business. They're celebrating this month by offering up to 30% off. That's right, 30% off MSRP on select parts and accessories with the purchase of any new Polaris off-road vehicle, Husqvarna and Beta dirt bike, or any Crest pontoon boat. Some restrictions apply. See Kurtz for details. Get to Kurtz Polaris, Missoula and Sealy all month for Kurtz 30-year anniversary sale. Uh, if you missed anything in the first hour, it was a really fun first hour contingent from Peru in here. Our first... Uh, formerly Spanish-spoken, interpreted segment in the history of the show, breaking ground every day, as we do on Two Tell and the Wanas. Uh, that and uh, quite a lot more, particularly about the uh, Big Sky Conference football, Troy Anderson, et cetera. Check it out on the podcast. Podcast available on the TuneIn Radio app, iTunes, wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to it back there. Podcast available thanks to the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. 
Uh, Coulter, we were down in uh, Spokane, I guess, over in... Well, we were down... It was down to... It's below 3,000 feet. Uh, we were over and down in Spokane, Washington, uh, the last couple of days. Did the show from the Big Sky Conference uh, kickoff there in Spokane. By the way, if you are uh, heading over to Spokane and you're looking for the Davenport, uh, you're going to need more information, Okay. <laughs> Because there are multiple Davenport hotels in Spokane. They are nice. Uh, uh, it was a great venue for the event, but it did take a little bit of doing to get there because uh, we could not find, well, we did find it. We found all of them, in fact, not the one we needed till the end. But in any case, uh, you know, that's just a little aside, me trying to help the people, the good people in the state of Montana traveling westward. Uh Coulter, uh, we uh, we talked to a ton of people, and we're going to have sound for you over the coming days and weeks from this uh, thing, players, coaches, etc. cetera. Uh, but, you know, it's all kind of leading up to uh, the first week of August when fall camp starts, and you can start to generate, you know, more as you go. But we had an opportunity there to sit down uh, with Bobby Houck, uh, among many others. We have Jeff Choate as well. We will hear from him uh, probably tomorrow, certainly at some point this week players uh, from both Montana and Montana State, and then a ton, a smattering of coaches and players uh, uh, around the league, which will, you know, drop in as it seems pertinent and uh, and useful. But I wanted to start with uh, Bobby Houck today and get his, uh, you know, uh, uh, sit down and thoughts. And there's some things in here. And some of it, you know, is stuff that we've heard, you know, before, talked about before. But I think there's a couple of interesting points in here. But Coulter, is there anything to you by way of setup or that you want people to kind of pay attention to uh, from this little piece here in our Coach's Corner segment brought to us by Opportunity Bank. I mean, the more things change, the more they stay the same. I find interviewing Coach Alk funny because it's just so similar to how it was 10 years ago in the tactics he uses with the media. Uh, and I think that the way that uh, he goes about things is, uh, is maybe a little bit uninteresting from our seat, but also uh, a pretty brilliant and tactful way to go about things. Bobby Hawk's never been one to really talk up or down about his team or the other team. It's kind of just standard middle of the road. I like our team. We're pretty good. I like the uh, – our opponent's good. You know, it's kind of just right down the middle always. But when Coach Hawk talks a lot about the summer and how exciting he is to get this thing rolling and some of the prospects for his squad. And uh, also he just reemphasizes what he's always emphasized, and that is that – Worry about yourself first. Worry about the internal first. Take care of yourself first. And if you do that when you're the Grizzlies and you have talent that a lot of teams in the league can't get and you play your games at Washington Grizzlies Stadium, a lot of times that results in some pretty good results. And last year, I think that the story of the season was Montana shooting itself in the foot. And, you know, if you just don't shoot yourself. I mean, I thought Montana definitively shot themselves in the foot five times in 11 games last year. Western Illinois with the bad start. North Dakota with just the horrific plague of turnovers that just resulted in this avalanche of points yeah. that they can never come back from. And then you know, just the, the apathy and lack of sense of urgency that surrounded the homecoming loss to Portland State and the blitzkrieg of points in the fourth quarter by UC Davis and then the meltdown against the Cats. I mean, of all those games, you know, the Cats game, the, the, the Cat Grizz game had so much emotion and momentum behind it. And, you know, there was a little bit of, Montana blowing it, but also a lot of Montana State rallying. But those other four games, Montana beat it, beat themselves. And I think that that is the overwhelming narrative coming into this season. How do they avoid that? 
But as Bobby Houck says, we only worry about us. And if Montana can turn the corner in that element, you know, just imagine if Montana just would have won two of those five games. Well, they're eight and three, and they're in the playoffs. If they win three of those five games, they're nine and two, and they have the playoff seed, not UC Davis. So there, there is a real element to the fact that when he, someone, when Coach Houck says the cliche, worry about ourselves, because if they would, if they could have just harnessed their own selves and not beat their own selves, they probably would have been in the playoffs a year ago. Here's uh, forget everything Coulter said. This is what you want to know. What does Bobby argue with Tim about in the offseason? That's the key. That's the gem to this whole thing. What are the Hulk brothers going toe-to-toe over? See if you can find that out here. Our ESPN Coach's Corner. From Opportunity Bank, Bobby Hulk. Coulter, you and I have built our lives on communication. And one thing that people may not realize is Blackfoot. That is their bread and butter. And right now... They are spending a ton of time and money creating an incredible network of fiber optic cables across the state of Montana, a state that, thank you very much, could use some innovation and advancement in that way, right? You probably already know Blackfoot, a local partner for internet, voice, and professional services that fuel growing businesses like yours. Right now, Blackfoot is extending its fiber optic cable networks in Bozeman, St. Ignatius, and around the region. Yeah, like hundreds of miles of fiber optic cable. It's a stunning amount that they're putting in right now. Check out goblackfoot.com. You can click on the link if you're on Podbean or just copy the URL into your browser. Go see what they're up to. I think you'll be impressed when you find out all the things that Blackfoot does. Particularly in Bozeman. Bozeman, as you know, is booming right now. And Blackfoot, they got you all taken care of. How does fiber optics benefit your business? We're not quite sure, but Blackfoot sure does. Give them a call. 866-541-5000, or find them online at goblackfoot.com. Coach, start just with what this part of the schedule is like for you guys because it's kind of you can't be in touch with the players. I know you're kind of wondering, but then they're going to report back. Now you have all this hype with the polls and everything like that. Just in terms of the college football year, what's this part like for a head coach? Well, summers have changed a little bit because we can require it now. So, you know, when we're – you know, we try to take a little time off in July as coaches, but when we're in town, we're in the weight room with them and we're, we're with them during workouts and all those things. So that's changed the dynamic of the summer a little bit. I mean, everybody's there and there's, it's, not, uh, it's not haphazard at all. It's really structured. And so consequently, I, I know that we're having a, uh, a good summer. Uh, I like the effort level of our guys, and I think th- uh, that our, our players are – you know, un- unusual college kids that they're anxious for summer to get over. They can't wait to get going. So I'm, I'm, that's contagious, and I'm the same. Particularly in the offseason, having good team leadership is a really important part, and it seems like this year you got some guys who are pretty established leaders uh, inside the clubhouse. How, how critical is that to, to the success, particularly in the offseason? Well, I'm going to delve into it a little deeper than even that. I, I think – you know, as I mentioned a second ago, we have the ability to require a lot of them in the summer now, and it's mandatory and all that. But I think it it's good for your football team, if you're going to have a good team and good team leadership, to turn some of it over to them, which is hard for us as coaches because that's not how we're wired. And uh, it takes some discipline to turn some portions of it over to them and then hope that they get the job done. And our guys are doing that. We, we've given them, we've empowered our seniors to uh, to run at least part of the show this summer, and they're doing a great job. And 
So I, I just I think that's going to help bond our team and help us evolve. Dalton Snead, a captain as a junior. Uh, now it seems as if he's really, really embraced the leadership role. When you have a quarterback coming back who's a senior who's also a guy that everybody on the team looks to, how much does that help you in terms of handing off the leadership like you're talking about? Well, I think any time that you've got a returning starter quarterback, it helps your football team, you know. But, so, you know, Dalton runs it pretty well and he throws it pretty well, but his strengths are, are leadership and competitiveness. That's where he's probably the best. And... You know, it goes back to, I mean, way back to when we had Justin Green, who, you know, you bring a guy in as a transfer, they elect him a captain, it, it kind of says who he is. And so Dalton's done a great job. I think he's unusual to a degree to a lot of kids uh, this age are worried more about being popular than than being right and leading. And he is not concerned with the, the former. He's concerned about the latter. And, He's a he's a good strong leader in our locker room and on the field. And we we have we have we have a significant number of guys that fit into that category, but he's probably at the top there. Does it matter at all that he's also the quarterback? You need you want to have a guy like that, many guys like that, but to have him be that guy and also under center, does that add an element to that, or does it just is it just hey, if we got more guys like that, we're good? Well, I think if you ask. 50 coaches that question you'd get a widely variety wide variety of uh, answer to it I don't think that you're I think you have to have a quarterback that makes plays as a quarterback I don't think he has to be the leader uh, but I think it's productive particularly on the offensive side when the guy that's that's in control is is the best leader on the team I just think that helps I don't think it's imperative I mean we won 100 games around here with that not being the case but I think it adds something to the direction of the team when that's when that is what's happening. What do you expect to be the biggest improvements on this year's team? Well, you know, Tabes came up with a, I think it was Eric came up with the stat that in the hundred and whatever twenty six years of Grizzly football, that was the youngest team we ever put on the field. So I think the the fact that we're maturing uh, both physically and in our worldliness with the game. That'll, that'll lend itself to improvement. You know, obviously, it, we'll probably go as far as the offensive line lets us. We'll be better there than we were a year ago. And how, how far they improve in, you know, six months and 15 spring practices will probably dictate how well we play. Last year, the way that some of the games ended down the stretch, especially at home, I know you guys, you felt like you let some games slip away. Do you use that in your coaching style and in a motivational factor coming into this year? Well, yes and no. I mean, it's not like uh, playing four quarters wasn't emphasized a year ago. So, uh, you know, we're not. <laughs> it's not like we can redo that. Um, but we 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 did not uh, finish people off well last year, and you know, it's well documented in our our world, and certainly it's uh, something we're going to continue to focus on and continue to try to improve on but I think the maturity thing I talked about a second ago will lend itself to that and um, you know maybe they're listening a little better school of hard knocks I know uh, coaching's you know 365 days a year but there is a season and an off season in terms of the sport and I woke up about three weeks ago and was like oh man it's coming I'm starting to get worked up just as a guy who likes football where are you at right now in terms of 
the anticipation going into this year? Well, we, you know, we always try to get a little downtime in January because as coaches, once the first of August hits, and it's uh, you, know, you tell your family we'll see you Christmas Day, and right. you kind of go. But uh, you know, I'm I'm uh, I'm excited about the season. Usually, I I get to July and and am looking for a few days off, but. Uh, this year, I'm I'm really excited about the season. I I mean I I could have started July 1st. I really could have. And then I, you know, I spent I spend some time with my brother um, during the month of July. And I, I notice when we start getting towards the second half of July, we start getting a little uh, alley with each other, start arguing a little bit more. So I guess that's the the nature of the beast. You start getting geared up for the season, and you're kind of cranky and ornery, and and that's probably what you need to be. What are you arguing about? Uh, everything from uh, you know who's catching more fish or not enough ice in the drink or if the lawn needs to be mowed I mean it doesn't matter we just uh, it's pretty much a general honoriness this time of the year you have so much familiarity with this league before last season but then after having last season under your belt does this feel different I mean does your just your lens of the way you view the league feel different or did you did you learn anything different that you didn't expect last year you know not really um, I mean I think it was what it was you know I'm, I'm uh, kind of centrally focused on us and the guys were in the maroon and silver and you know we as, as we've talked this morning we we need to we need to play better. We need to close people out. We need to not make big mistakes. And you know, if we'll, if we'll play more uh, closer to error-free in games, our record will be better. And so, to me, again, it's all about us. We don't worry too much about everybody else. And I know that you know, as you guys are here at the summer meetings and you're talking to everybody, you know, we're all curious about everybody else. But we we really aren't too much. We'll approach each team we play in that week, which is cliche, but it's way, the way you go about your business. And the rest of the year, outside of those weeks, you focus on the, the guys that you're seeing every day and improving and getting better. And I, I think we've made progress this offseason. In fact, I think it's been a hell of an offseason, and hopefully that translates into good things. When you look at the significant imbalance in the scheduling in a 13-team league where you're only going to play eight, do you look at the schedule when it comes out, see how – you know what you think about it and the relationships that other teams have to you nah i, I don't too much just because that's uh that's probably an aggravating factor and i've got <laughs> enough aggravation in my life without that but uh tim obviously exactly. first and foremost but uh you know i i uh i i don't think there's anyone in the room you can ask the same question to and phrase it any way you want but i don't think there's anybody in the room doesn't think we need to fix how this is set up so However that goes or whatever transpires to fix that, this needs to be fixed. Um, it's 2 Tell and Wannis, 1290 ESPN Radio. That was Bobby Howe for our ESPN Coaches Corner. It's brought to us by Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Uh, Coulter, you asked Coach Howe in that, is there anything that you experienced, you know, in your first year that, was, that, that, that maybe you didn't expect? or that you thought was dip not that you didn't expect, but that was different about the big sky than it was before. And he said, no, not really. I think he was maybe thinking about it in terms of kind of w- what he expected it to do, because it's objectively different than, when it w- than what it was when he was here the first time in terms of the addition of teams and so forth. But I think what you heard at the end, now he's said some things about the imbalance schedule and stuff before, but now having experienced it, 
uh, as a coach and actually going through an imbalanced league schedule and what that, you know, looked like it felt like. Looking at the schedule this year and Montana having not the hardest schedule, uh, but certainly a harder schedule than some, uh, or at least perceptibly so. You know, who knows how it all plays out in the end. Uh, I felt like he was a little more adamant and a little sharper about that point in that moment than I've heard him be before. And I wasn't even asking him about whether he liked the imbalance schedule. Now, of course he doesn't. I just wanted to know, you know, whether you look at the teams that you do play compared to the teams that you don't play and assess what that is as a coach. Uh, but, but you know, he he was he said, I don't know what we need to do to fix it. I just know that it needs to get fixed, and we got to figure this thing out. And, look, it's going to be pretty tough to get 13 coaches in a conference to all agree on something. They all agree about that. Now, you know what my resolution is, a 20-game season. You go, you go, eight, you go 13, you know, 12, 12 conference games, eight non-conference games, and, uh, and satisfy two-tell here. Uh, look, I, I don't know what the answer is Kick either. teams out of the league. But here's the thing. You do have to say that that, was, that, that is clearly different and an aggravating factor, as he uh, mentioned, than, than, than his first time in the Big Sky Conference. And that is not merely aggravating, but it is impactful in, in not so much the way you coach or what you do. It's always going to be the same week in, week out. But navigating a year becomes a... Again, I don't know that it's harder to do. It's unfair. I mean, at the end of the day, it's unfair. And the unfairness might benefit you one year, and then it might it might prevent you from going to the playoffs the next year. And no one's going to use that excuse, nor should they, because it's the way it is. But uh, it it is a reality. I mean, who were you telling? Wasn't it? Isn't Sacramento State that plays all? Eight games against the eight teams that are picked to be at the top, and the four teams picked one through four in the preseason poll are all their home games. So they got they they play the four hardest teams, and they don't play any of you know the Northern Colorados of the world. And look at you know at, if you want you have to sort of bite the bullet and go look man it doesn't matter whoever's up next we got to go play them if we want to be good we have to prove that we are good or whatever. But the fact of the matter is is that. That is, it's unfair to have to do that when not everybody else has to do that. And, and so Sacramento State, consequently, who actually has some cause for optimism coming off the year that they had, might be a one-win team when it's all said and done and everybody's going to be like, oh, well, Sacramento State. Well, maybe not. You know, maybe not. Maybe they are the, the, you know, the ninth best team in the conference. And is that saying anything? Well, No. But, I mean, the fact of the matter is is that, that, that if let's put it like this. If it wasn't Sacramento State, if it was Montana, or if it was Montana State that had to play the eight best teams in the league other than themselves in succession and the four hardest ones, you know, we're all, well, it doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter how they fall home and away, I guess. There would be, that would not happen. It just wouldn't well, it already, happen. It's already happened. Montana has State has had to do it the last two years. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I guess Montana State didn't have to play UC Davis last year, but they, Montana State has played, Montana State's played, I think, 10 ranked opponents in the last two years, and eight of those have been conference games, so they've yeah. played every ranked team in the Big Sky pretty much every time, and that's even with the Grizzlies being unranked when they play the Grizz, too, and oh. that's obviously a tough game, too. I mean, look at Sac State's schedule. They got Eastern Washington, Montana, Weaver State, and UC Davis at home, 
and their conference road trips are to Bozeman, to San Luis Obispo to play Cal Poly, to Flagstaff to play Northern Arizona, and to Idaho to play in the Kibbe Dome. So then you have a bunch of the toughest trips in the league logistically, let alone the teams that you're playing as well. Let me ask you this quickly, because you 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 say, okay, the, 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 the right thing to do here is to eliminate teams from the Big Sky Conference. Yep. That's fine, and I think there's... A, a good argument to be made how that happens and who that is i think is a very naughty issue but i think that it's i think that in general it's probably the right thing you don't think there's any chance of adding a team and having two divisions no why because there's no way to splice the divisions for it to be fair because the only way you could splice divisions is be either based i mean you can either cut it north to south or you can cut it east to west and either way that means montana montana state eastern washington and idaho are all in the same division No, but i think that's great why not just kick out the other division then and make them be their own conference? If you have a North and a South, just have the South be their own league. Two seven-team leagues. Play each other in the non-conference. Yeah. I mean, I guess I, I, I guess it's possible. Here's the other thing. And I, I don't know how, how much people really grasp this. Conferences vary by sport utterly. And so there is nothing that says that the Big Sky Football Conference has to mirror or be in relationship with the Big Sky Basketball Conference. I mean, maybe it's better for fans or whatever to be able to, like, you know, keep it all together. But, yeah, I mean, why you can have two conferences. Now, the the idea of creating an entirely separate conference and doing all the things that you need to do administratively to have a second conference is a very, very difficult thing. I mean, But it's already coming. The WAC is going to bring an FCS football conference back, and they're going to surely poach a, a team or two or four out of the Big Sky Conference. Well, and if, and if that happens, then so be it. Like, for, you know, for the better. But also, you know, if you're Tom Wistersill, yeah, and the, that's the commissioner, boys and girls, if you are the track at home of the Big Sky, and you're trying to fix this now and not wait for another entity to figure out what it is that they're going to do, find a school... Cut the thing in half, north and south. Let all the natural rivals be in the same division. It would obviously be the big brother division, which maybe isn't ideal. But you know what? It only matters in one game. And you wouldn't even have to have necessarily a championship game. I mean, if you wanted to, you maybe you could have a championship game. It would be the only FCS conference that had divisions. And if you wanted to on champ, you know, when, when, when the five other power five conferences and a couple of mid-majors are having their conference championship game, you can have your big sky conference championship game at some neutral site uh, or even a home game. I mean, I don't know, whatever, but I, I know it's not that simple, but, but just for ease of thought, it, it sort of is that it's not that simple to bring about. It is that simple to think about. And then, okay. If the North team beats the South team, 60 to 10 every single time you know so be it but also at least then everybody is on the same page within the divisions of who's you know who are the better teams and the voters are going to know i think even better when it comes to uh, a, a postseason a national championship what what division is strong and what teams are good um then you run the risk of cannibalizing each other as well how Say you had a seven-team division that includes all the, I'll call them flagship schools in the Big Sky Conference. That that league is going to get less teams into the playoffs, both in total number and percentage-wise, than a league that has haves and have-nots. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. 
I think that I don't. I, I think that if you have the seven teams that are the flagship teams and they've proven that they're good, and I mean, I understand what you're saying because when you're playing all the other flagship schools, you're going to take some losses that you wouldn't have taken if you were playing some of the have-nots, so to speak. But it's not like there's seven teams getting into the postseason from the Big Sky Conference, anyways. You know, there's four, give or take one. Right, but this season. Eastern Washington, Montana, Montana State, and Weaver State, which would all be in the same division and or conference, mm-hmm. could and might make the playoffs all at once. Four teams out of a seven-team league is not making the playoffs. Four teams out of a seven-team division is not making the playoffs. Those four teams would not make the playoffs in a given season if they couldn't play Northern Colorado and Sac State and Idaho State. Well, first of all, four teams out of seventeen division, if they're part of the same conference, which is a 14-team conference, could make the postseason. And also, it's only six games that you're playing in division. I mean, I'm presuming that you're still playing two or, in a given year, possibly three Big Sky Conference games that are non-division games, right? So you would rotate, say it was, you know, two a year or whatever, so every three years, essentially, with one outlier, you would play every team from the Southern Conference if you were a Northern Conference, you're a Northern Division, excuse me. I don't know. I do think, here's, here's my issue, is that all of a sudden, with the emergency UC Davis and Dan Hawkins, a team that was the one of the obvious choices to maybe not be in the Big Sky Conference from a football standpoint because of geography and history and all that other stuff. You don't want them. You don't want UC Davis out. We got to go after this. I'll tell you why you might not have to worry about whether yeah, UC Davis gets kicked out of the league or not. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. You ever feel like you need an interpreter for Eddie Vedder? Sometimes. Two Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Coulter's going to drop some future knowledge on the Big Sky Conference for us in a moment. We are broadcasting live to you in the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy. Online at KurtzPolaris.com. July is Kurtz's 30th birthday. And they are celebrating all month long by offering you 30% off. That's right, up to 30% off MSRP on select parts and accessories with the purchase of any new Polaris off-road vehicle, Husqvarna Invaded dirt bike, or any Crest pontoon boat. Some restrictions apply. See Kurtz for details. Get to Kurtz Polaris in Missoula and Sealy all month for Kurtz's 30-year anniversary 
sale. If you want to call, we'll take your calls. We're happy to have you along with us. 329-1899, the phone number, area code. Perhaps you've heard of it. 406-329-1899. All guests join us via the Rangage Brothers RV phone line. Uh, Coulter, uh, okay, you uh, intimated that perhaps UC Davis wouldn't be one that even the Big Sky would be able to choose whether to keep or to leave. Uh, what do you think is going to happen with the Big Sky Conference? Well, as briefly as I can, here's a little history lesson. When Doug Fullerton was still the commissioner of the Big Sky Conference, Doug Fullerton decided that he needed to solidify the Big Sky Conference as a formidable and powerful conference in the West. And he predicted that there was going to be a fracturing at the top level and the mid-level of the FBS. He predicted that the Power Five would break away from the rest of the FBS. That seems like that's still in the cards, but it doesn't have as much momentum and doesn't seem like it's going to be as rapid of a change as it might have once been. But make no mistake... There is no real diff- There's no real similarity between the Power Five and the rest of the FBS. If you're playing in the MAC or the Sun Belt or some of these other conferences, Conference USA, you don't have a chance to go to the playoffs. You just don't. We can debate why that is or if that's right or wrong, but at the end of the day... Well, there's an easy solution to that. What's that? Make the playoff the size that it should be. Right, but I still think it would be so Power 5 heavy. Of course it will be. We've reached a point in the FBS where more than half the teams are truly irrelevant because you cannot win the national championship if you're at Miami of Ohio. There is nothing that could make you win the national championship. I, I just think that that is a poor assessment of relevance. Like, if if only the ability to win the national championship is the only thing that makes you relevant, 90% of all college football teams, including Power 5 teams, are irrelevant, and they just aren't. That's not that's not the case. But that's not true, because if Mississippi Valley State, who Sam Herter from Hero Sports, he joins us on the ESPN Roundtable later this week, said is likely the most downtrodden FCS program. If they were to get the number one quarterback in the country, somehow, some way then they could win the national championship. They're not going to be priced out of it. Memphis and Akron and Toledo will never win the FBS national championship. It will never happen. Ohio State and Penn State and Oklahoma and Texas and Oregon will outspend those teams until the end of time. It will not happen. There's no The resource gap is so vast that it's not possible. So, therefore, when, you when are playing... the last time? I mean, I, I just don't... Listen to the history lesson. You're derailing it. This is a segment for a different time. Good. The whole point is Doug Fullerton predicted that the, that the Power Five would break off and that there would be this, yes. this smattering of teams that included maybe teams in the Midwest or the Rocky Mountain West, like in the Mountain West. Mountain West is a great example. Wyoming, what is relevance? It's a great point to you. I mean, if, if you just want to go to the Las Vegas Bowl and win the Las Vegas Bowl, okay, you are relevant if you're Wyoming. If you think you're going to make the playoff, you're not because your budget is one-tenth of what the Power Fives are right now. Doug Fulgen had the prediction, though, that the teams that are that kind of the state universities in, in the rural Rocky Mountain West, like Utah State, like Wyoming, and then some of the other uh, state universities that have great tradition and prestige but maybe not quite the resources like North Dakota State and Montana, would then be able to form this second division, and so you'd call it like top-tier Division One, mid-tier Division One, and then whatever happens with the lower-level FCS schools. He just thought there was going to be a re-tiering of Division One football. Right. That hasn't happened as we know it. The Big Sky, his dream was to grow it to a 16-team league that had eight, two eight-team divisions. Right. 
And if you have the Dakota schools in it, then you can cut the, the, the league into two parts where you have some powerhouses on both sides. And then he wanted to have a conference championship game, which then preceded the playoffs. The biggest drawback for that is then if you have your best team from, say, the Big Sky East and the best team from the Big Sky West playing each other the week before the playoffs, okay, maybe you have two teams that could have got top five seeds and now one beats the other, so one doesn't get a seed. That was the biggest controversy there. Regardless, he made a run at it and added the Great West Conference. He added Cal Poly, UC Davis, Southern Utah, North Dakota. That hasn't worked out like the Big Sky wanted. The league expected then, when you go from nine teams to 13 teams, to have almost a certainty of getting four teams into the playoffs every year. Well, in the eight years since the league expanded, that's only happened three times. Last year was one of those times, and it was the best year the Big Sky has had since the league expanded. First time they've gotten three seeds in the playoffs. That was what the dream was supposed to be, but it took eight full years to get to that point, and it's hurt the league more than it's helped it more than any other thing. But the, 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 the fracturing has started to happen internally. We've already seen North Dakota leave the conference. They realized that it was just it's not the right fit for them just from a geographic standpoint, from a footprint standpoint. North Dakota was, I mean, they're in, the, they're in a central time zone. They're not even in the same time zone as any of the other schools in the Big Sky Conference. So they decided to gravitate towards the Missouri Valley and the Summit. That's a good decision. Okay, now they have them out. Idaho, well, that was one of the schools that Doug Fulton said that he was trying to get Utah State and Idaho to come back. Well, Idaho has then come back. Yeah. Okay, so now you have another traditional uh, charter member of the Big Sky back. Well, the WAC might add an FCS. The WAC might add FCS football. That's going to rest on a couple schools, including uh, Texas Grand Valley, Rio Grande, or whatever it is, Texas yeah. Rio Grande. Grand Canyon. Uh, Grand Canyon, uh, maybe adding football, but also Dixie State, moving up from Division Two to be an FCS school. Dixie State, that's happening. Dixie State is becoming an FCS school. If they then go to the WAC, okay, so now you have Dixie State and Southern Utah are 25 minutes from each other. Why wouldn't you want to be in the same conference? So now maybe Southern Utah gets drawn out to the WAC. There, there's uncertainty surrounding the football program at Portland State. The administration gave Bruce Barham an ultimatum, said make football financially feasible at Portland State or it's, or it's going away. And they went 9-2 and two that first year. They made some money, but they've been struggling ever since. And I know that they've, it's gotten better, but I don't think they're to the point where they don't need significant subsidization from the university. So they could be a team that just falls off. I mean, because if Portland State didn't have football, now they're actually a very appealing candidate to join a league like the Big West or even the West Coast Conference because they're in a metropolitan area. They're one of, if not the biggest, I mean, they are the biggest school in the state of Oregon. Straight up. So now, I mean, they're an appealing school if you don't have to factor in football. Then you talk about the California schools. UC Davis has the largest endowment of any school in the Big Sky Conference, maybe any school in the FCS, and they have a significantly higher endowment than a lot of the UC schools, including Cal, which plays in the Pac-12. UC Davis has more students than Cal. They have all sorts of advantages over directly Cal. Now, I'm not saying that UC Davis is going to go replace Cal in the Pac-12, but it's not completely out of the question. But I also think that UC Davis will be a coveted, addition to, say, the Mountain West or anybody else if there was ever a fracturing or a spot or UC Davis was to pool together the resources to make it happen. When you have the alumni base, the amount of people as well as the prestige of the degree that UC Davis provides and the resources that they have, they have options to move forward. And then you talk about Cal Poly. Cal Poly played as an FCS independent for a decade, and they were just fine. And they were able to play an independent schedule against most of the big sky still. They still played a majority of Big Sky schools 
So I don't think that it's actually, you know, what, what I thought initially was that, that the new commissioner, Tom Wishersow, would have to come in and shake up the deal and decide, what are we going to do? we got to eliminate some teams. But I think that now you just stand pat and wait for it to all play out because there's a chance that you could lose one, two, or even three teams without having to kick anybody out of the league. If that happens, then maybe you can reallot things. And I mean, a 10-team conference would be significantly better than a 13-team sure, conference, straight it, up. It, it would. You the, the, the imbalance, the ideal is, of course, that everybody plays everybody. It's a true round robin. But really... You have a you have basically a two school window to make that viable. You have to have eight or you have to have basically nine teams, maybe ten in your conference. But if you can get to eleven, and you only don't play one team or at most two teams in a given year, how are you do that with eleven? Huh? Because if you play if you played or uh, excuse me if you have yeah because if you have play a nine team a nine game schedule. But that only happens once every four years. So the big sky is never going to play a nine-game conference it would schedule. Be ten, it would be ten teams is sort of the high end of what you could have. Yes. Because then you'd miss one team a year, which that's not unfair. Well, you'd miss – yeah, but if you had 11, you would only miss two potentially. That's, that's what I'm saying. Sure. So you could have 10 or 11 because if you miss two – like two to me still is, is – it stinks – but it's not egregious the way missing four or five is. Right. I mean, that's insane. Right. So, you know, every team that leaves obviously alleviates a little bit of of the imbalance, and that is ultimately good. But you're right. I mean, getting it to 10 or ideally 9 would be the number. But also, I mean, you got to – you want – you know, you can't have a, a seven-team league. Like, what you know, the, the fracturing, if it happens – one institution at a time is one thing. If a group of them leave to go join, say, the whack again or something like that, if you got 13, you're all right. If you're down to 10 or 11 and that happens, now you're all of a sudden, well, well what are we? So uh, it's, an, it's an interesting dance, and there's a lot of work to be done to it. But from a scheduling standpoint, and that's not, that's not merely just saying, well, it's, a, it's, a, it's bad for scheduling sounds, well, like, you know, okay, get over it. No, it's, it's truly impactful in negative ways in football. It's impactful not only in the conference scheduling, but in the non-conference scheduling, too, because now you eliminated... The Big Sky used to play Southern Utah, Cal Poly, North Dakota, and UC Davis in non-conference games. Every single Big Sky team would play those teams. Right. Those are easy non-conference games to schedule. The Grizz played Cal Poly every year. They played the Cal Poly more when Cal Poly wasn't in the conference than they do now. <laughs> Sutel Nuanas, one to nine ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Quick break. Back. Give you an Osprey update and a team that has a chance to set a new Pioneer League record next. Coulter, you and I both know being healthy is a very, very important part of life. Am I right about that? Indeed, guess it is. Well, one of the things that makes me healthy, think you as well, fiber. Gotta have it. You sure do, man. You need to eat your fruits and your veggies, your bananas. You gotta get all that stuff in. Maybe even some bran. Plums. All of it. Fiber is very important. Well, guess what? Turns out it's important to communication as well. You might be surprised to learn that Blackfoot and its partners have invested millions of dollars, truly, in building a fiber optic network throughout Montana. Through Bozeman and around Gallatin County, more than 30 miles of fiber optic cable have been laid by Blackfoot. That's amazing. Impressive, innovative, and a perfect place with the way Bozeman's been growing. Click on the link below, goblackfoot.com slash ESPN. They're not trying to sell you anything. They don't want you to do anything. They just want you to know what they're up to and how they're improving communication across the state of Montana. 
So go to goblackfoot.com backslash ESPN now. And a little bit of a slump trying to bounce back tonight, but they're going to have to do it against a very good team. It's Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. If you missed anything in the show, check it out on the podcast, available on the TuneIn Radio app, wherever you get your podcast, thanks to the Wingate by Wyndham Hotels. If uh, We are broadcasting live, by the way, from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris, 2904 West Broadway, Missoula Highway 83 in Celia. It is their 30th birthday, 30 years they've been in business, and all month they're celebrating by offering you 30% off. That's right, 30% off MSRP, select parts and accessories with the purchase of any new Polaris off-road vehicle, Husqvarna or Beta dirt bike, or any Crest pontoon boat. Some restrictions apply. See Kurtz for details. Get into Kurtz Polaris for their 30-year anniversary sale all month long. Uh, Coulter, the Missoula Osprey have lost three straight. They're 15 and 14. They're now a game behind the Idaho Falls Chuckers. And they are playing the Ogden Raptors, who are, hello, 23 and 6 on the year, have lost uh, just six games. They've won eight straight, 30 games, the first half record. They're seven games away from setting the all time Pioneer League record. That's impressive. Absolutely amazing. Ogden is a well oiled machine, as Riley Corker described them on these airwaves. And it'll be interesting to see if they keep them together because they're rolling. Great baseball segment. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz Athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 